Uh, Lord Jesus, we do just look to you this morning. We just ask that you would meet us here. We ask that you would fill this room with your presence, just as we remember what you've done for us, as we celebrate and thank you for your provision through this campaign, and and as we look forward to to the work that's ahead of us as a church here with with two locations. And we just ask you to meet us here and, and to bless our entire time together. ask that you'd be blessed by it as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Celebration Sunday here. We're going to look at a, a passage here for as it relates to, to the Lord's Supper. Again, um, some of you might know that by a different name. Some I remember I was brought up in a world where they just called it communion. We took communion every week, sometimes twice a week. Uh, the Lord's Supper is how the Apostle Paul refers to it here in 1 Corinthians. It's also known as breaking bread. And, you know, I was reminded about this recently that... Uh, the first disciples, the first followers of Jesus, it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And, you know, I wonder if uh, as we move forward here, even in two locations, if, if God might not have us uh, be devoted to celebrating the Lord's Supper more, more frequently here. You know, as pastors, I think we'll, we'll be dialoguing about how to incorporate that into to what we do more. But we're going to do that here this morning. It's been a while since we've done this together as a whole church. Sometimes we do it on Wednesday nights or in small groups, but um, this is the first time we've celebrated the Lord's Supper together in, in a, you know, a large group setting like this. Sometimes logistically it can become a little challenging here. But anyways, we're going to look at the, the classic passage on this subject. And then we're going to just uh, take a little time to, um, uh, to, to practice this, to obey the instruction that we've been given on this subject. So anyways, we'll, we'll read this passage together here. And I'm going to draw out a few thoughts, hopefully that will encourage you in your faith and your relationship with God. And then uh, after that, we'll, we'll break bread and then we'll shift gears into... I think they're going to be tallying up the the pledges from the Thrive campaign here. So we're going to uh, present those as well. We'll celebrate that after we celebrate the Lord's Supper here. So anyways, let's uh, read this passage together. I've got it uh, on the slides here, in two different slides. But I'm going to read the whole passage here. We'll just look at this slide for a moment. Um, So it says this in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking here. And he says, For I received from the Lord... What I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he he took the cup, uh, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats... The bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. Um, and so, um, you know, we're just going to look at a few facets of this before we simply put it into practice. But one of the things um, I, I wanted to share about this is often breaking bread just reminds us of the story of what Jesus. Uh, has done for us, what he, what he came for, what he accomplished, and what we're to remember until he returns. And, you know, sometimes I, I don't like the idea that people call it a story. You know, sometimes the story is like, well, there's this story, and that religion has that story, and it's just another story. 
And, and on one hand, that's true. But one of the things I want to draw out here this morning, hopefully to encourage you with, is that this story, it's more than a story. What we have here is a record of an historical event that occurred. And it's more than just a story. It really happened. And I love this part here where, you know, this is recorded. The Lord's Supper is recorded in, in the Gospel of Matthew. It's recorded in the Gospel of Luke. This one we have um, from the Apostle Paul. And, and yet they all have these same elements of how that played out. And it was, um, it was almost 2,000 years ago, but really it was 1,982 years ago um, on a Thursday evening. And that Thursday evening, what happened was what we have recorded here. And we're remembering something that actually happened. It's not just a ritual. It's not just something I hope that we're doing out of routine. But it's something that we actually remember the events that occurred. There was that Thursday night. The next day, we know Jesus was crucified on the cross, was buried. On that following Sunday, he rose from the grave. And um, those events are... We have historical accounts, and what we read here are accounts of an actual event that occurred. And so I just want to encourage you with these things really played out. You know, I love Luke put it like this in his account, uh, Luke chapter 1. He just says, um, Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Luke said, I'm writing this so you can be certain about these things that happen. I love uh, the Apostle John and his writing. He writes this at the end of the Gospel of John, but he says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these, have been, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. And so as we do this, I just want to remind you, we're just not doing something out of routine, out of ritual. We're, we're doing something related to an event that actually occurred in time, in space, in history. And, and it, at that event, this is what the Lord said we should do to, re, to remember that. And so we're going to do that. But the other thing I want to share before we get to the actual breaking bread is that in, um, in doing this, there really is, there is a story. It's a part of a story. It's a part of a love story. And the events that played out from that Thursday, that Friday, that Sunday, the events were a part of a great love story. And I'm just going to share with you a few of the milestones of God's love story, His eternal love for you and I, as it relates to what we're doing here this morning. And then we're going to get on and, and celebrate this and, and thank the Lord for what He's done here. But you know, there's really... Um, I'll give you just five encouraging truths about God's love story for us. I'm going to do it quickly, and I might even give you... We've been doing the discipleship group. We have hand motions for that, right? Anyone want to stand up and practice the hand motions? Introduction, two questions. Heaven, God. Um, Well, we've got some hand motions for five encouraging truths. And we're going to do them all uh, just for, for fun, and maybe that you will remember these truths. We're going to use... Your hand. Okay, we got five opportunities for hand motions here. But uh, you know, the first encouraging truth I want to remind us of is just this: we need to know that God created you and I for a loving and lasting relationship. That's the truth. God created us. You know, it says in the beginning, He created us in in His image. Genesis one says, "So God created man in His own image, and in the image of God He created him. Male and female He created them." 
another place when Jesus was asked, what's the most important command? What did he say? To love the Lord your God with, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Uh, another place, uh, Mark adds, with all your strength. But you know, you and I were created perfectly for a loving relationship with God. First truth. Second truth is this. Second encouraging truth is this. Sin has broken this world and severed our relationship with God. That's number two. You know, anytime you add the, the middle finger to the equation, there's going to be a problem, right? And so sin, sin, I, you know, we'll let you practice that at home or whatever. But uh, sin has broken this world and it's severed our relationship with God. And you might ask, okay, what's so encouraging about that? Great question. You know, the, the encouraging thing I think you and I need to catch from that is that this world that we live in where you and I experience pain and brokenness and suffering and things that are terrible that happen, um, it's because we live in a broken world. That's not the way it was designed to be. That's not the way it was created. This world was created perfectly. We were created perfectly for a loving relationship with God and sin has broken this world and separated us from God. And, and so the encouraging facet of, of that is uh, we have an answer to the suffering that we see. There's other people that, you know, I don't know the answer. We suffer, deal with it, you know. But we've got an answer. We suffer because this world is broken, because it's not operating the way God designed it to. And we can be encouraged by that. This is not the way God intended it to be. And less encouraging side of this truth is that, um, you know, the... the we, the world's broken. Uh, the Old Testament says, Isaiah says, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Uh, New Testament, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, we can, sometimes people blame the fall and the sin on Adam and Eve. Man, if Adam and Eve hadn't messed up in that original sin thing, you know what, guys? The Bible says we've all sinned and the wages of sin is death and no one here is going to come before God and say, that darn Adam and Eve... You know, each one of us is going to give an account for our own sin. Um, and, and the wages of sin is death. But this is not the way God intended to be. The third encouraging truth to know is that um, even though we sinned against God and we earned his eternal ju judgment and justice, um, God came into this world and he provided a rescue plan. And that rescue plan was in a person. And that person was Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came into this broken world, experienced suffering, even the suffering of his very own death that he did not deserve. And, um, and he came to, to die for us. Some of the verses that speak to this are, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, deserving punishment, Christ died for us. Another way this encouraging truth is expressed is Jesus said this, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Another verse renders this way, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous, which he was for the unrighteous, like you and I, to bring you to God. God provided a solution. Um, for our sin problem. The, the fourth truth that we have. So there's, there's the first thing. There's the second thing. Watch out for the middle finger. The third truth there is, um, you know, this finger is, is usually the, the wedding finger, right? And in, in what Jesus did on the cross, and in one way to look at that, it was God's proposal to you and I to restore a relationship that had been severed. And, and God did everything needed for you and I to be in a loving relationship. And, and that's the point number three, the wedding band on that one. Point number four, 
It's the pinky finger. And I was trying to think of something good for the pinky finger. Um, but no. Um, point number four is that Jesus, not only, did he, not only did he come into this world, but he overcame. And in overcoming death through the resurrection, he, he showed us that he was authorized to forgive sins. And that he actually can grant eternal life. And he keeps his promises. And I think of the pinky, I think a pinky promise or something. I don't know what that is. Um, but, but God keeps his promises. And, and Jesus came. And he proposed to us to restore relationship. And yet, he overcame to show you and I that he can forgive sins like he promised. And he can grant eternal life like he promised. And can give us confidence to know, you know, Jesus said this. I love um, what he speaks to overcoming this world. He says, um, oh, sorry here. This verse is in uh, John 16, 33, but he says, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And we can have a confidence that he can help us overcome the troubles and the brokenness of the world. And he can help us overcome death, sin and death. And, and that's an encouraging truth. The, the fifth truth we need to think about here is that, uh, and this one's, you know, it's recorded in this passage here as well. Um, one of my favorite parts of this breaking bread, this Lord's Supper passage, is this very last line here, verse I think it's 26. But it just says, Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. You know, the truth is that Jesus is he's coming back again. He's coming again, and he's coming to take those who are his away from this world of sin and brokenness. He promises that there will be a place. Jesus said this. He said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you may be where I am. Another place in Revelations, he put it like this. He said, um, Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He was seated on the throne and said, I am making everything new. He said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. You know, Jesus is coming back to take us to be in relationship as God intended from the beginning. Relationship that's unbroken, untainted by sin or selfishness that we experience in this world. And Jesus is coming back. The, the fourth or the fifth hand gesture on that is the thumb. Jesus is coming back for those who are his. And, and if you haven't found forgiveness of your sins through Jesus Christ, you know that, that same hand motion is, is not a good thing, okay? We've got... Five things to remember here. Quick review. He created us for a loving relationship. Sin came into this world and broke it, and our sin is earnest punishment. Three, Jesus came and died on the cross to restore our relationship. Four, he, he overcame. He rose again to give us confidence and help us overcome this world. Five, he, He's coming back. He's coming back for those who are His here. And, and yet, um, you know, he, He's left us with a choice. Part of loving relationship is... You have to be given a choice to choose love. I love this verse in, in John 3, 36. It just says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. And you have a choice to say yes to God's rescue plan. 
The plan was a person, that person, Jesus Christ. And he's coming back for those who've looked to him for forgiveness and eternal life. And you have a choice to reject God's rescue plan and deal with the consequences of your sin on your own. And our hope here at the Firehouse Church is that you would know that God loves you. He wanted to have a relationship with you. He's done everything that's needed to restore that relationship. And as we take bread, uh, break bread here this morning, you know, just as Jesus offered his life for anyone who would look to him, you know, the, the bread that we're going to take and the juice here are offered to anyone who would take that. Um, and yet, it is really designed, it's fitting only for those who have looked to Jesus and what he did on the cross through his blood for their sins. And so I, I don't know what your experience is with the Lord's Supper. Some of you are new with us here. My experience growing up was we did that every Wednesday and every Sunday religiously. And anybody can do it, and I think you had to do it. But you know what I've come to understand from the scriptures? This is really designed for those um, who want to do it, who want to obey Jesus' instructions. He said, remember me this way. And we're going to remember him here this morning. And and. If he's not your Lord and Savior, I, you know, it's not too late to respond to his love this morning and realize he did that for you. And you can, we're going to take, uh, before we do that, we're going to have a video play here where you can just offer up a prayer, whatever's on your heart. But a couple different types of prayer. One, one type of prayer would be maybe you've been wrestling with this. Maybe you've heard this. And maybe this morning it's time to tell Jesus, thank you for dying for me. And one, way, one thing you can do in our time of silence while we watch this video is just thank him. Admit that you've sinned against him. Thank him for dying for you. Invite him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. And then go and take the bread and the cup. And uh, maybe if you're a Christian here this morning, you've done that before. Uh, another set of instructions related to this is examine yourself. Before you take the bread and the cup, he said, don't do it in an unworthy manner. Examine yourself for unconfessed sin. Sin that maybe you haven't, you know, confessing really just means to agree with. Agree with God about any sin that might have been committed in your life here recently. Call sin, sin. And then thank Him for dying on the cross for your sin. Examine your heart for any, um, maybe an unrepentant heart. Maybe you've had sin and you don't intend to stop that sin. Bring that confess, agree with God about that, and deal with that. Maybe there's unforgiveness. You know, it's, it's not a worthy thing to realize and, and thank Jesus for dying for all your sins. And at the same time, if you're keeping an account with someone else, someone you're not forgiving, it's not fitting, Jesus said, to, to receive all your forgiveness and not pass it on to someone else. Um, so examine your heart and, you know, get to the point where you thank Jesus for dying for your sins. And then go and take the bread and the and the juice there. And um, the last group, maybe, maybe you're not in any one of these camps here. And you're trying to figure it out. You're searching it out. And you know that's okay. I'd encourage you maybe during the time of silence, during the video, just to offer up an honest prayer. God loves responding to honest prayers. Tell Him where you're at. Where you're at with Him. Maybe you feel far from God. Maybe you feel angry at God. God can take whatever's on your heart. He knows it already. But tell Him where you're at. And you might even just offer up a prayer of where you want to go. Maybe you want to change that. Maybe you want to believe. Maybe you want to forgive. Ask him to help you. And then feel free to, you know, just watch the video and, and stay put when we do this. You know, the way we're going to do this, we'll have a video going here. And, and when you feel ready to, we, we have two stations at the back of the room here. Just go out the side aisles back to the tables with the bread and the juice. We just take the, the piece of bread and dip it in the juice and maybe eat that on the way back to your chair there. Um, and so that's, that's the way we do it whenever you feel led to. 
don't feel obligated to. But I would encourage you, if it's the first time you've done it, to thank Jesus and do that and remember him. And it should be a very joyful thing. And if you're a believer, it should also be a joyful thing. Just make sure you're doing it in a worthy way. And if you're here just still trying to figure it out, that's okay too. Um, we're going to watch this video. We've seen it a few times before. It's, um, it's a third day song. And it's set to some background scenes from the Passion of the Christ movie. And so, depending on uh, if you've seen the Passion of the Christ movie before, there's, they really tried to depict what happened there very accurately. And it's got a lot of detail. And if you don't want to watch that, you don't have to. Um, but then just maybe close your eyes and listen to the lyrics of the song. I love the song. It has a line in there that says, um, you know, he talks about just to be with you, I would do anything. And it's this good intention of one who loves another. Just to be with you, I would do anything. And one of the last lines in there, I, I come to tears every time. He just says, just to be with you, I did everything. There was no price I did not pay just to be with you. And, you know... Enjoy that. Thank the Lord Jesus for that as we watch this. And, and, uh, and then get up and, and you can take the bread and the cup whenever you're ready to. After we're done with that, we're going to shift gears in, uh, into the next thing we're going to celebrate here. But I'm going to go ahead and pray and we'll start this video. And you can get up and go get things during the video. We don't want to have a traffic jam after the video. Intense. So help me out with that if you would. But uh, I'll go ahead and pray. And then we'll just take time to obey Jesus and remember what he's done for us here. Well, Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can celebrate and we can remember um, and we can thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that you died on the cross, not just for the sins of the world. I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. And I want to take time just to remember you and rejoice in what you've done for me. I thank you that just to be with me, you did everything. And I just want to freshly give you my heart and my life and show you my love, Lord, and just tell you thank you here this morning. But I just ask you to meet with us this morning. I ask you to speak to every heart here in this room this morning and uh, that we would respond to whatever you put on our heart. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we run that video here and then uh, you can pray and whenever you're ready, you can go take bread and the juice. people are wrapping up I'm just going to pray uh, one more time here and I think we'll have Greg come up and join me or Brad as well but Lord Jesus we do just thank you again that you did everything that was needed to restore relationship with us and we thank you for that we remember you we await your return Lord help us to continue to get the good news out about what you've done for us about how you came to die for our sins how you overcame and how you're coming again. And Lord, um, we just ask, even as we um, move into two locations, that you would help us to have a two, two headquarters where we can get the good news out more, and we could make more disciples, and we could continue to carry out the mission that you gave us after, after you rose from the dead. And we just celebrate you, we look to you, we praise you here, we thank you here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are uh, going to shift gears here. I don't know if Greg or Brad, or you guys want to come on up here? We are. Uh, so last week, we, um, we shared with you kind of the first round of contributions and pledges from uh, the Thrive campaign. And, 
You know, really the journey that we've been on in the Thrive Campaign has been, we, we talked about our mission, our vision for a while, reaching the world with Jesus, starting here. But we talked about the idea of starting here being two locations where we can say we're starting from here, on this side of town, on the south side of town, and here meaning uh, the places where you live, your neighborhoods, your workplaces, your schools, um, you know, and so... Um, in, in doing this Thrive campaign, we felt like we needed help. We needed finances to help carry out this mission in two locations. So we went through a number of weeks here in doing a, uh, this stewardship campaign. We talked about being stewards with our time and our treasure and our talents. We talked about the key to thriving is our faith. And, uh, and so here we are, the, the fifth week of it all here. And... Um, you know, it's been exciting. Last week was amazing just to see what came in in the first round of pledges. And, and I am confident this morning will be exciting and is amazing. Follow on to that. But I don't know. Um, how's the best way to go? We've got a number. Are you? Read it? Yeah, sure. We'll... I like making him read it because then he's surprised. Yeah, that's... Wow. <laughs> You know, it's been an amazing and a humbling journey here. I, I think as we were praying about what we felt like we needed, we felt in many ways it was laughable, maybe out of reach. And so um, I think by the time the pledges we've tallied here, if, if the math is right, what was the number again? <laughs> yeah. So it looks like the pledges, we translated them, whether it was a one-time gift or a monthly gift, we just translated that into a monthly amount we were aiming for 10000 but the, the amount that we have pledged is $11,200 a month. And so, uh, <laughs> praise God, praise God. And so that includes uh, the initial round of pledges. It includes um, also the region that, you know, as we proposed them, you know, they were talking about matching funds. And really, as we conversed with them, we found they had, you know, some boundaries to how much they would match, but basically they, they're willing to match up to the largest amount they've ever matched a church for. And so, um, so that's included in this amount as well here, and uh, it's an amazing amount, and we just praise God. Um, I did think I'd share a verse just on this, and we, I asked the band if they'd come up and just lead us in a song before we shift gears into the send-off here. But can the band be coming up while I share this verse here? If you guys are able to do, we sing the song, Bless the Lord. He has done great things. Um, but you know, a verse that, that I was just going to share, I think it's on our, our thing here, is, um, let's see if I can click the screen, the Lord's Supper, and then celebrating. You know, um, we've used this story in the Old Testament of, of King David and the people uh, giving and offering so that they could build the temple and so that Solomon would have everything he needed to build the temple. And so they, they did several rounds of offerings for building the temple. And you know, there's similarities to, to what they did, to, to what we're doing now. We know we're not building a temple made out of stones or bricks or materials like that. We're building God's kingdom. We felt like we needed to have a special offering in order for us to carry out our mission of building God's kingdom, you know, especially in two locations. And so, um, but there's just so many similarities similarities to that chapter 29, First Chronicles there. But this is, uh, this is just... David prayed after they collected all the offerings, and it was an amazing amount that was given, and it was given willingly and cheerfully, and I feel like that so relates to where we're at as a church, that people have given willingly and cheerfully and in faith, and I think God's just going to pour out his blessing on 
on people who've given, but also on how that gets used to carry out his mission and taking this good news to the ends of the earth here. And so on. But David said this, you know, he just, as they prayed together, he just said, now our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. You know, and he said, who am I and who are my people? But I really like this next phrase as it relates to us, that, that we should be able to give as generously as this. Who are we that we could give an offering like this? Um, it's amazing to think about that God, you know, he goes on to say, everything comes from you. And everything we have given uh, is only what has come from your hand. And, but, you know, guys, this is, this is an amazing thing that people have willingly offered to give to uh, carry out God's mission here beyond their uh, regular tithe. You know, this is giving beyond that. And it's, this is um, it's truly amazing. But we're going to take some time just to sing, Bless the Lord. We're going to bless Him. He has done great things. He's doing great things. And then we're going to shift gears to the send-off part of things here. <clears throat> so please take it away, guys. Sing, sing uh, nice and loud, especially if you mean it. Might even get crazy and clap. We can clap together here. I know we have clapping challenges, so we could all clap together during this song. All right, let's stand up. last part here, we're going to do the send-off part. I'm going to share a verse, and Brad and Greg can come up here as well, if you guys want to join in. Um, let's see here. Where is, if you can throw up my last slide there. Uh, there we go. Okay, so, um, you know, again, the, the whole purpose of this campaign was to enable us to, to carry out our mission of reaching the world with Jesus, getting the good news out, and, and multiplying disciples, and becoming disciple makers with Jesus, you know, um, and so um, really uh, now that we've done this campaign, this offering, really it's, it's time to get to work. And um, I love this verse here in the context of all that they were doing and they collected all these things for Solomon to build a glorious temple for, for God. This is what David encouraged Solomon with and, and these are words that I hope that you would take to heart and take as the Lord speaking to you on this subject. But David said to Solomon his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not forsake you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you until the work of the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. But I love that. Be strong and courageous and do the work. And if you're like me at all, sometimes the hardest part of any job is, is the sheer intimidation factor. I'm like, that, that job is so big that I don't even know where to start. Well, oftentimes we'll jump into it and go, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. But you guys, when we multiply locations here, we're going to look to initiate and be courageous in building new friendships to share the gospel and be courageous with existing friendships and, and look to um, not only help people believe in Jesus, but become disciples of Jesus and, and baptize people and, and teach them to be a, become a disciple maker with Jesus. It's going to take courage. It's going to take courage. And we're doing it in a world that's becoming increasingly cold towards Christianity. And, and we need to be strong and courageous. And we've got to get to work here. And so, um, 
You know, whether you're in the highlands or whether you're on the south side of town as we do this, I'm excited that we're doing this as one church in two locations. Um, We're going to have one leadership team, one team of pastors, and yet we're going to have two very unique settings that we're going to be trying to help people come to believe in Jesus and become disciples of Jesus and get on mission with Jesus. And um, so this is exciting. It's monumental in that we've never done this as a church. We've sent teams out here and there, some to Manhattan, Kansas, to help start that church, some to um, Stillwater, Oklahoma, to start that church. But we've never multiplied as a church. And so this would represent multiplying. And it's an exciting thing because many times... Church plants happen in the Christian world not because of multiplication. They happen because of division. You know, and people don't like this group and they don't like that group. And they go, oh, well, that's, that's easier just to separate. We're doing this. We, we like each other still, I think. <laughs> Most of us like each other still. And so um, this, when you do something like this, it's actually a hard thing. A number, I think of Greg and I think of Brad and their families. And, you know, we've labored together in one location for years. And this would represent the first time in our world, it's probably of not laboring in the same location together and yet being together on this mission. And so, uh, and I know a lot of you, this is, you know, there's going to be some, some sad things. There's going to be some tears. I know there's been tears. We try to avoid this conversation a little bit sometimes uh, just to keep from crying. But um, at the same time, there's some exciting opportunities and there's going to be a need for people to step up and, and step into roles that you would never have if we stay together in a larger setting. And so next Sunday we'll be, um, we'll be in two different locations and, and each world will look different and we're going to need to be strong and courageous and, and do the work. And the Lord's with us and our promise is better than the one they gave Solomon. He, the Lord was with him until he finished the, the project there, but he's promised he'll be with us to the end of the age and he's with us always. And so excited about that. But I don't know, Greg, Brad, you guys want to come up and uh, share... Verse, oh, we also want to release them. Yeah, we're going to take a moment here to bring the Sunday school and the kids, and we're going to just have this final send-off part be with the whole church. So if you've got a kid, uh, especially in the nursery, they're probably not going to make it in here by themselves. But if you would go bring them, spare Luann the trouble of corralling them all, I think. And then uh, we'll bring the other kids, and, and we'll just take a minute to get kids and, and grab a seat, and then we'll, we'll do the send-off here. So uh, feel free to go grab a kid if you need to. All right. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Oh, I, uh, I'm just excited. Thank you for your participation and just in faith expressed in that fundraiser. Um, it's just exciting to see God providing. Uh, I just full of praise. Even thinking of this, it was a little crazy doing this send off today. I think we use that phrase. There is no plan B. Maybe stealing from the Broncos or something. But we. Uh, we did this whole send-off today going, we're going to count the numbers, and in faith it's going to add up, and we're going to send a team out. And we, we had a pastor's meeting where we said, is this crazy? Like, do we need to have a, a month buffer and count it and think about... And, and we just rolled with it and said, you know, in faith, I think God wants us to count what comes in and send this team out today and just have it all be in one day that in faith God would bring it together. So in one way, I feel like we've taken that step into the river, that first step, going, God, are you going to stop, stop the flood from coming down that we can walk across and into what you have? Um, so we just praise God for that and praise God just for your participation in that. Um, you know, one verse I just read in the, the one-year Bible today. Um, you know, it started kind of in Jeremiah here, in Jeremiah 17, which is not that encouraging in a part. It's kind of prophecy about... 
Judah going into captivity and, and that kind of thing. But then there was just this promise in there of what it would look like if that country turned back to God and gave their heart and how he would just plant them back in the land. And I thought it was fitting just as we look to plant a new location in the land back in the, the Parker, Franktown area there. Um, just of what it looks like for you guys. And um, so in Jeremiah 17, starting in verse 7, it says, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its, its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries of the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And that's just my prayer for this team as I read that, that God would really plant this as a location that puts down roots, that it's, it's really something that's headed out and it, it's planted and confirmed in a way that it doesn't come back, that we don't in two years look around and say, the south side came back. No, it didn't work. But God plants it as a new location. And the second part, just that God would bear fruit through it, just not that it would... Am I too far forward? Not that it would just um, be planted and not come back, but that God would have limbs go out and there would be leaves and fruit coming off that tree of that location. And that's my prayer for you. And I'm excited just to team up together as one church doing this. But there's a very real way we're going to pray for this team that they're expressing faith by moving across town and setting up a new location that we want to just pray for them and send them out today. Let me give it to Greg here. Amen. Yeah, well, um, a lot of people ask the question, they say, why do we, what, what's the deal? Like, you guys got like a senior pastor, and like a hierarchy, and we go, no, we got sort of a, a plurality, a council of pastors here. And I go, why do you do that? And one of the reasons is because we don't get stuck with one person's ideas, right? We all work together on these things. And I share that because most of you know, probably what, like three years ago, there was a, a, a group of folks, some of you here, who uh, started coming to our church from sort of the Parker and, and Franktown area. And, and my thought at the time was, yeah, that's great. We'll get you all coming in here. And, but there's going to be some hard decisions for you down the road of you're going to join with us here. You might have to move. You might have to figure out what you're doing. You're going to come join with us. But God is much bigger than my ideas. Right, And I think he just really, I just am so impressed that he just really spoke to Rich and into Rich's heart and gave Rich this care for you guys in such a way where he said, no, we don't need to bring them in. We need to go to them. We need to go to you. We need to go be part of that. And here's this opportunity that I didn't see it, but Rich saw it. And through Rich, I think Brad and I came to see that as well. And so I'm just so excited that we get to continue even having uh, this group of, of leaders here as we're in two locations and we do this together. Um, I'm really excited. I want to share a verse here um, just as kind of a charge to you all. We're going to ask you to come up here in just a minute. Those of you who are going to be part of that south location. Um, at the end of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, he's talking to um, the church there in Corinth, and he gives them this charge, and I think it's a charge to you guys. There's some warning and some encouragement in it. Um, he says, be on your guard. Be on your guard, because it's going to be hard. There's going to be challenges. Um, God is doing a great thing here, even by what we've seen through this campaign. But Satan doesn't want you to do it. He doesn't want us to do it. So be on your guard. Paul goes on, he says, stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in the faith. Remember the gospel. 
Remember what God has called you to walk in. He says, be men of courage. I would, I would say, be men of courage. Be women of courage. Be families of courage. This is a courageous act to go out and start something small and start something new and multiply. He says, be strong. This is strength. There's a choice in that. Be strong in your choice in doing this. And then the last thing he does, I think you could season everything you do. He says, do everything in love. So that's my charge to you all who are going to be meeting starting next week down there in Parker and Franktown. Do everything in love. So that being said, I think what we really like to do just as a way to send you off and bless you is if you are part of that group of folks who will be meeting next week, the south end of town, if you could come up and just stand here in the front, kids too, kids are equally as much a part of this, the future of that location in many ways. If you could come up here, um, we would like to pray for you. I know there's a number of dads who I believe are off in the woods with rifles and bows and such this weekend. So there's more than this, but have you all come up here. Yeah. There are a few more men. Yeah, so as they get symboled up here, the rest of you can see who this is, and then as we're going to pray for them, um, for those of you who are sitting out there who will be back here next week, Lord willing, you'll be back here next week. If any of you would like to come up and maybe lay your hands on any of these people, that's one of the commands we get in the New Testament is to lay hands on others as we send them out. And so Brad and I will pray, but if you would like to come up and just lay your hands on them and pray along with us, we'll give you sort of a minute to come up if you want to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what, a, what an amazing opportunity you've given us as a church. God, to multiply. To multiply, not just so we can be doing a new thing or a cool thing, but so that we can be effective in our roles as believers, as disciples, that we can be fruitful as disciple makers. Thank you, God, for giving us this opportunity as the Firehouse Church something we may not have even dreamed of several years ago, but here we are, we stand on the threshold, God, and we commit this work to you. We trust that your will will be done here, God. I pray that you would strengthen and protect each one of these people, each one of these uh, adults and children, these families. Help them. Lord, help them to be effective in their spheres of influence, in their neighborhoods, in their community, in that town, in that city, on your behalf, God. Be with them, guide them, fill them with your spirit. God, we trust that you're going to do great things. Lord, as we, as we look back and we give thanks for this campaign and for how you've uh, even knit the folks together into this church who are living at the south end of town. Um, God, we're so thankful for that. God, we know that in the future we're going to be able to have celebrations together where we, we just praise you for the things you are doing in their midst. And God, as you continue us on here in this Highlands location, Lord, we, we trust that this, this multiplication is, is for our good. 
that you have good in store right here in this location. God, we lift the Highlands location up to you as well, and we trust that uh, your spirit will fill us and protect us and guide us in the same way. In Jesus' name. Amen, God. We do praise you for this day. God, we praise you um, that even when this plan of sending out a second location seemed a little crazy beyond our means and team, and God, you had a very real plan for us to walk into, how we thank you that you provided this team. God, that each soul here you brought to this team, no one's there by accident or lived on the right side of town by accident, but God, you, you assembled this team. We thank you for that. God, you provided uh, the means to support a church location down there just by generous giving in this church. God, I'm blown away by what you've provided. Um, we just praise you that we stand here today sending out a church location in your provision, in your backing. Um, God, and I do pray for this church that um, you'd really plant this church in a way that it would grow roots. God, that it would be a solid location that would stand firm, would stand from the winds, would stand from the seasons. God, that you would really plant it in a way that it would remain. God, and, and our heart, I know each of their hearts, is that it would also plant in a way that it would bear fruit. God, I pray that you'd make each family on this this uh, location plant here fruitful. God, that they'd be able to bring people to faith and to baptism and, and eventually even into church too. But that God, would, um, I just pray you bless them in that. Um, God, you'd bless them in a way that numbers would be added, souls would be added. You'd be just reaching that side of town with the gospel. Um, and God, we I just lift up our unity too as, as a as a whole church in two locations. Um, God, we do pray you'd, you'd bless us in unity. God, help us just be on the wall together to just carry out your mission in two sides of Denver here. But you've given us one mission to reach the world with Jesus starting here. And we pray you'd just help us carry that out together. You'd help us love one another and care for one another on both sides of town. Um, and God, it'd just be, we pray this would bring honor to you and You'd really just continue to bless the Firehouse Church. We just praise you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.